You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Good afternoon. How's everybody? Good, good. And just want to thank Doug and the leadership team for the opportunity to be able to come and share this weekend. Um, you know, I'm just reminded after doing our fourth service here of how much we should be thankful for all the people that some people get here as early as 630 in the morning on Sunday to prepare for our day here as a community. So for all the volunteers that help park cars, drive golf carts, take care of kids, take care of youth do the worship, do the sound, do the production. Uh, can we just give them a big hand and just tell them thank you? <clears throat> Amazing group of people that serve. And, and, and if you want to be one of those people, you can be there. You can definitely do that. Hey, listen, I'm so thankful uh, to be able to continue our series of what we're doing on building fruitful lives or the fruitfulness series. And uh, this morning, I'm going to be sharing a message on uh, building a foundation for fruitfulness. And it will be based out of uh, Luke, the sixth chapter, verses 46 through 49. The big idea for today, what I hope that you'll remember when you leave, is that your foundation will determine your fruitfulness. But before we begin to get in our study, I just want to tell all the fathers, happy Father's Day. Uh, We honor you and thank you so much for the sacrifice of what you have done to help uh, provide for your family and lead your families. Uh, I was thinking in preparation for this, this being on Father's Day, uh, of my dad, Mac Roy, and he was a great, great father. He died very prematurely at 62 years old, Uh, but he was an amazing father, laid a foundation, and it's a foundation that literally has allowed the foundation to be continued on not only in the lives of his children, but his grandchildren, even his great-grandchildren. And that's what happens when you have a solid foundation in your life. At the age of 17, my, my dad actually lied about how old he was so that he could join the Navy and go serve in World War II. And so here he was, a young man, a uh, young boy, really, from Andrews, Texas, had never traveled outside the state of Texas. And he took off, went through basic training, and ended up in the Aleutian Islands in the South Pacific. And he served on the USS Idaho, a battleship. And my dad was a gunner there that would shoot, try to t- take care of all the kamikazes that would be coming toward the ship. But on that ship, dad continued to lay a foundation for his life. He got his GED uh, on on that ship. And when he graduated from or got through the service uh, in the Navy, he went on to graduate from college with a degree, undergrad degree in English. And in his 40s, he continued on with his education, getting his master's degrees, had four kids, was pastoring the church and would drive on the weekends up to Commerce, Texas. Uh, to work on getting his master in what they called at that day and time special education, which was helping kids with special needs. So my dad laid a great foundation, a work ethic in his life that was exemplified to us as his children. 
And for years and years, he served both in the local church as a bivocational pastor and in schools teaching and, and on later on in his teaching career and administration. And uh, I'm so thankful for, for the time and the effort that he put in to show us what a foundation looks like. And because of that, not only was his family impacted by that, but literally thousands of other people around the world were impacted because of the life that he lived. That began because he began a relationship with Jesus. And that provided a solid foundation for him then to build in the natural with his education, with a good work ethic, doing the hard work to live and to build a successful life. One of the things as the youngest of four children he taught to all of us was the importance of character. You see, character is like a foundation of a house. It's not seen, but it becomes evident when you try to build something upon it. And my dad, being a teacher, always said this, that character was like that of a classroom. When the teacher left the room, you always found out what the characters were. I mean, the characters in their character, if you know what I mean. Some of y'all are some of those mischievous ones like me that probably were doing things I shouldn't be doing. But that's what character is. So character is something that is not seen. It's who you really are when no one else is around that really proves who you are. It's when you give your word and you say you're going to do something, are you going to do it? That's what character is. We're speaking a foundation. You see, you can be gifted and talented in the natural and you can have a measure of success for a season, but truly character is what brings longevity. When we get money, when we get power, when we get success, what all that does, it reveals what your character is. You ever known someone that didn't have a whole lot of money and then they got a lot of money and they changed? You see, what happened was all of that success, all that empowerment of resources and that it would just manifest who they are. One of my good friends, Doug Stringer, he leads Somebody Cares America uh, he gave this quote, and it said this, fame and success may come in a moment, but greatness comes with longevity and with character, longevity and character. So today, as we continue on our series of being fruitful or fruitfulness, we look at our scripture found in, in Luke 6, verses 46 through 49. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you do not do what I say. Everyone who comes to me and he hears my words and acts upon them, I will show you whom he is like. And so he asks a question and then he says, from you observing this question and answering it, and then the illustration he's going to give, he's going to show us who we really are. And it goes on in verse 48. He says, he is like a man. He is building a house. He dug deep to lay a foundation on the rock. And when the flood occurred, the torrent burst against it, that house, it could not shake it because it had been, been, been built well. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like the man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against, the waters burst against it, and immediately it collapsed. And the ruin of that house was great. 
So we see from this story that Jesus is telling that it, the absolute importance of us building a good foundation if we're going to build a fruitful life. Like I said earlier, foundations are something they're not seen, but it's the most important thing when it comes to building a life or building a house. It's the most important. We have to be willing to invest the time and the resource if we're going to build a life against the storms of life that will come. You see, your foundation will determine your capacity to be fruitful. Big idea again for today is your foundation determines your fruitfulness. One of the things that, uh, that I get to be a part of in our ministry, somebody here in San Antonio, for the last 22 years, we have served in the inner city of San Antonio. Uh, and from that, we learned some things about dealing with people in crisis, and we got involved in disaster relief. 17 years ago was the first time that uh, I had the opportunity with a team to go and to, to uh, respond to Katrina when it hit New Orleans. And then right after that, Rita had come. And through the years, we have served, we have come alongside local churches in times uh, in the aftermath of hurricanes and floods and tornadoes and fires and earthquakes and even shootings into com- in communities. And one of the things that you learn in a time of great testing of that is that you really begin to see the foundation of that community. Now, sometimes that's a literal foundation. When a fire comes and it consumes everything, like some of the pictures you see there when the fires came through Bastrop, Texas, that's what these pictures are from. You could see that everything that was consumed that could be consumed, but the foundation, if it was made of concrete, it would stand. It would still be there. You can see pictures of the earthquake in Haiti. Uh, When we responded there, when you see the shaking that took place to that country, that the things that remain standing were those that had a good foundation and were built with materials that could withstand the storm that they come against them. So your foundation is a very important thing. So as we continue on with this, as I said earlier, Jesus begins our talk his talk with his disciples, and I begin today with asking this question. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? Now, Jesus is making an emphasis in this question. Now, it's a rhetorical question, and that's a question when he's asking a question, not for you to respond, but for you to reflect and to evaluate why he's asking you that question. And he asks that question, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and then you don't answer me. That word, Lord, Lord, is in the original language of Greek. It is a word that speaks a title of honor, expressive of respect and reverence, which its servants may greet their master. So it could be just as easily translated master, master, Lord, Lord, in their response to them. But you see, the question to his disciples was an invitation for them to look at their lives. And likewise, today, it's a question. And the question is this, are you and I a mere observer of the teachings of Jesus? 
Or are we a true follower of Jesus trying to live out how he wants us to live? And that's a question that we begin. So he begins this narrative with his disciples by asking that question. And then he goes on and he makes a further statement that's going to lead us into the primary part of our story today. In verse 47, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts upon them, I will show you whom he is like. So how we respond to this question, how we respond to his words, show us who we really are. Now, I've used this illustration, and parents, you will definitely understand this illustration if you have children, and you get through with a nice dinner at your house, and the table's full of dishes, and mama says to her three kids that are hanging at the table, hey, kids, y'all put your dishes in the sink, and they sit there, and then mama says again, kids, please put your your dishes in the sink, and then for the third time, they say, Kids, will you please put your dishes in the sink? And the kids always say, Mom, I didn't hear you. Oh, they heard you. The problem is they weren't listening to you. You see, we hear a lot of things about how Jesus wants to live our lives, but the problem is we're not listening. See, listening denotes that there's intent in your heart to do what the words say you are to do. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He says, you call me Lord, Lord, you call yourself a follower of Jesus. And yet when I don't, I'm not talking about Sunday. Yeah, you've been good. You came to church today. God bless you. I'm glad you did. But how are you living your life on Monday? How are you living your life on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday? You see, what's disappearing in our culture, we have a lot of culture Christians, but we don't have Christians that fully put into practice the teachings of Jesus in every aspect of our life. So it is in how I do business. It is in how I take care of the things that God gives me to steward. It is in how I run my family, how I take care of my wife, my husband, my children. It's in every aspect of our life. And you see, those are the types of Christians that have the potential to change a culture because it's who Jesus has called us to be. Now, that was free. I haven't spoken that in any other services, but that was free. But see, that's what happens when you come to the one o'clock. I've already done it three times, and and we don't have time bounds on this. I'm not going to keep you long, I promise. But it's the truth. Is it he's looking for fully devoted followers of Christ? And the reward of all that is, is that you're going to build a life that's got a strong foundation, it's going to be solid. And so your capacity to build in your life increases when you allow God to be a part of the foundation. It increases. You can do things you never thought you did. It's been true in my life. And so Jesus uses this word word building and in house talking about a person literally building a house in his illustrations. You may say, you know, that's kind of weird that he looks to us as a building. But look what it says in 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are God's fellow workers. I mean, do you hear that? You're a fellow worker of God. Dude, you're in partnership with the creator of the universe. And look what he says. You are God's field. 
you are God's building. You see, one of the ways that he looks at us, he looks to us as a house, as a building, something to be built. First Corinthians 6, 19 says, do you not know that your body is a temple? It's a building of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and that you are not your own. So he begins to go into this story of two different builders. Luke 6, verse 40 say, 48 says this, he is like a man who's building a house. He dug deep. He laid a foundation on the rock. A flood came. The water burst against the house. It couldn't be shaken because it was well built. So we see builder number one, a man or a woman who digs deep and lays the foundation upon the rock. This is a person that's willing to do the work to dig, to get rid of everything that compromises the foundation. You see, that's why we, in our community, we have tribes like Cultivate. How many of y'all been to Cultivate or know what I'm talking about? Cultivate is just, uh, it's a community that comes together and they, they basically identify every area of your life or help you identify. It can be past wounds. It can be hurt that's been caused to you. It can be even your own self-concept. But what it begins to do, it begins to take away the things that hinder you in your relationship with God and your relationship with others. Now, that's a very, very, very elementary uh, uh, definition of what goes on. And uh, the class was a lot more deeper than that, but it's something to cultivate. And it speaks of like we would cultivate the earth. You have to dig up. You have, you're going to plant a good garden. You got to get rid of everything that's going to keep it from growing. And even in building a foundation, the first thing they have to do is dirt work. Have y'all ever done foundation work? It's not glorious work. It's hard work. There's not a whole lot of people that sign up for it. It's digging deep. It's getting rid of all the obstacles, whether it be a tree root that's coming in that we can't, we got to get rid of it. It can't be under the foundation. It's putting in these forms they've used over and over again. It's the plumber coming in and trenching out, doing all the rough out on the plumbing. It's all this work that, that goes on. It's the putting in of the rebar and tying that rebar. It's setting all the liners to keep moisture out from under the sl- All these different things. But it's all this work that's done that you'll never think about. But the very strength of that building, it is determined by how strong the foundation is. So the first builder, he took time to do it. And notice also it says, it doesn't say if the flood comes, but it's when the flood comes. I mean, everybody in this, you live enough life, you know when a storm's come against you when you've experienced it with your health, when you've experienced it in your family, when you've lost your job, you may be in the middle of something right now. And all those are, are tests that are coming against you. And you're going to really find out who you are. We all have a testimony of, of those storms that have come. So it's not a matter of if, if you haven't had a storm, um, you're either a really righteous person, or you lie a lot. I don't know, one of the two, because everybody's going to have storms. It doesn't take long to experience that, but it's when the storm comes. The second builder we see in verse 49, it says, but the one who has heard, he hasn't acted on it. He's like the man who built a house on a ground without any foundation. 
and the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and great was its fall. So that man who had heard, he didn't act like a man uh, that has, that had built, he acted as a man that had built a house without a foundation. And when the flood came, it was great. The destruction was great in it. I heard a story from a preacher that I want to share with you. And it's a story about this developer, uh, a man that developed communities for people to build houses and to live in. Uh, He came to two different builders and he said, hey, guys, this is the deal. I'm going to give you guys both the same amount of money and I want you to go build a house. And the thing is, I'm going to give you all this money, everything that you're going to need. But I want you to know as a developer, I'm not going to come to you and ask for an accounting on how you spent the money. And so builder number one He begins to do his work, his planning of how he's going to build the house. And of course, he begins with the foundation because that's the first thing you do if you're going to build something. And so he is very meticulous in his plans and and he builds this foundation. He puts puts extra rebar, which is the steel that's tied into it to keep the, the concrete together and give it greater strength. Uh, he goes in and he, he pours an 18-inch slab and so that even in the shifting of soil, that it would be a solid foundation. He takes all the time, spends all the money that he can to make sure that's done. And he goes on and he builds a beautiful house. Now, the second builder, hearing the same story that the other builder had heard, he just thought in his scheming ways that, Dude, I could make some money on this. So what he did is that when it came to the foundation, because you see, the foundation is something you don't see. I mean, you can do it, put enough dirt around it. You can make it look like it's a thick slab, but knowing that it's not. And that's what he did. He didn't put as much rebar in his slab. He didn't. He Instead of an 18-inch slab, he poured an 8-inch slab. And yet he went on and he built a beautiful house. Not long after that, the developer comes to the two builders and they are very happy and anxious to see his approval of their work. And they hand him the keys to both of the houses. And when they do, the builder looks and he's very impressed with both the houses because on the outside, they look like two wonderful houses. And yet to their surprise, the developer looked back at the builder's And he gave the keys back to each one of them. And he said, enjoy your new house. You see, one of them cut corners. And there have been times in all our lives that we've cut corners, have we not? I mean, I have. I mean, I got one honest guy here. I have. I mean, we have. We've all we've all cut corners you know, and how we're going to do something. Well, I'll just do it this way and it'll get by. But then ultimately what happens is that cutting of the corner, it ends up affecting our life. And so that's what we're speaking when we speak of building the foundation. There is a sure foundation that's based on the word of God, on the teachings of Jesus. And that if you'll build your life on it, you know, it will truly last you a lifetime. It truly will affect the generations. You see, God's promise to us a life of fruitfulness. It's a promise to us. Second Peter 1.3 says this. 
see in his divine power that he's granted to all of us in everything pertaining to life and to godliness. See, he's given us everything that through the knowledge of him who has called us by his glory and his excellence, he's, he's given us everything we need to build a strong, strong life. You know, in this room, there's different types of people, different types of backgrounds. Some of you have maybe more education than others. Some of you had greater opportunities than others. But the reality is that every one of us have 24, the same 24 hours every day. We all have the same choice. You see, Jesus is the great equalizer. He does not judge your value or your worth on how successful you are in the world. He doesn't judge your value and your worth based off what race or how educated you are, how rich or how poor you are. He sees us as his building. He sees us as his people. And his word to us today is that you can build a life that is solid. I say this all the time when I, I talk about legacy. When you talk about what people are going to re remember you by, Legacy is not defined on how famous you are. Legacy is not defined by, by how rich you are, how big of a house or what possessions you may have. True legacy in life is determined by the impact that your life has had on others. That is what legacy brings. We have many rich people come and go in this earth and there's a blurb about them, but you never hear anything else about them. And yet you, you hear of people that today they're carrying on the legacy of their father, their mother, of their mentor, of their coach, of their teachers. They have made such an impact. I am a, a living legacy of my father and other spiritual fathers that have been in my life and spiritual mothers. I am carry on that legacy because that is what true legacy is. Legacy is the foundation that you laid for generations to come. I want to conclude by reading again Luke 6, verse 46 through 49. I mean, you're going to know this story better than any other story in the Bible because I'm, we've gone through this scripture three times. But this time, I want to read it out of a translation called The Message. And it just uses everyday language in telling the story. But listen to this. This is out of The Message, the same passage, Luke 6, verses 46 through 49. It says, why are you so polite with me? You say, yes, sir. That's right, sir. But you never doing a thing I tell you. These words I speak to you, they're not mere additions to your life, a homeowner's improvements to your standard of living, but they are foundational words, words to build a life on. If your work if you work the words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who dug deep and he laid a foundation of his house on the bedrock. And when the river burst its banks and it crashed against the house, nothing could shake it because he was built to last. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and you don't work them into your life, you're like a dumb carpenter. Now, don't you go out of here saying that Mark Roy called you dumb. I didn't say that. I'm just reading it right here. It says, you're a dumb carpenter who has built a house, but he skipped the foundation. 
And when the swollen rivers came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards. It was a total loss. You see, the big idea today, I hope it means something to you now, is your foundation will determine your fruitfulness. So I I don't come to you laying words of condemnation on you, but words of admonishment and encouragement to look at your life because you still have time. If you've built on an unsure foundation, you can change how you're building your life. And then if you are seeking and building a good foundation, be encouraged that you can still even build a stronger foundation in your life as you're obedient to everything that God tells you to do. Last week, Lee told us of uh, three things that we needed to do. And when you came in, if you didn't get one of these little cards, he spoke of three different words that we are to do. One is we are to evaluate. And as we looked in our text today, Jesus began with his disciples with a question of evaluation. Evaluate your standards. And then we are to engage, which is our responsibility of how God's word can begin to change change us. And then the last word was the word elevate. And I'm going to ask you right now, if you would just stand to your feet And just as last week, Lee Lee led us into a prayer. The words are going to be up there. I'm going to invite you just to pray this prayer with us, and and we'll be done for today. And there's some actions that we we were putting with a prayer. And so if you feel comfortable doing that, I encourage you to do that. If you want to, please put your hands on your eyes or under your eyes. And I'm going to read this prayer. And you can just agree with me. This is something you can pray every day if you want. The gods are there for you. It says, Father, open my eyes. Help me perceive past this realm, the physical realm, and see what's eternally true. Don't let me miss your activity in my life and in the world around me. Father, open my eyes. Now put your hands on your ears. Father, I open my ears to you. Drown out any distractions and help me to hear your still, gentle voice. Help me pay attention with intention, uh, with intention to what you want me to know. Father, I open my ears and put your hands on your temples or on the side of your head. And prayer goes, Father, I open my mind to you today. Calm my thoughts. Center me on your perspective, on your priorities, on your practices. Give me your counsel and help me make new connections. Father, I open my mind to you and put your hand on your heart. Father, I open my heart to you. Give me your passion for justice and for mercy. Give me your compassion for others. Father, I open my heart to you. Then just open your hands before you as you're receiving something. Father, I'm ready to receive you. May I close off nothing. Work in me so I will never again be the same. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for coming. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Happy Father's Day.
We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.